the belt to the plate. A swing and a miss, and that's the winner! That's the winner! A World Series winner for the Cardinals! Smith corks one in the right down the line. It may go! Go crazy, folks! Go crazy! It's a home run, and the Cardinals have won the game by the score of 3-2, to two, and a home run by the Wizard! Go crazy! Swinging a long one into left field! Adios! Goodbye, and maybe that's the winner! A three-run homer by Clark! And the Cardinals lead by the score of 7-5, to five, and they may go to World Series on that one, folks. What a team. What a ride. The Cardinals are world champs in 2011. Welcome to That's a Winner Podcast. I am Ryan Jenkins, and with me, as always, is Josh Brown. Josh, welcome from home tonight. Uh, a little kid situation, I guess, or wife's out. So we got to do it in different places. His backdrop is not as good because it doesn't have Cardinal stuff in it, like my basement. But that's all right. All right, so let's uh, – we're going to talk to – I've got the glow of my Christmas tree beside me there. There you go. Yes, good lighting. (laughs) Uh, Let's first talk about, um, real quick, uh, our sponsors. We appreciate them. Um, Breaking Tea, Jersey Flock, and Lids. You can find all of our links on our link tree um, on all of our profiles so you can be able to get your discounts and everything for Christmas time and for personal. I have three jerseys on the way. How many jerseys do you have coming from Jersey Flock? Yeah, I got a couple. Um, parents got me one for Christmas. We got some for the kids, the nephews coming. Yeah, they had some really good deals over the weekend Heck too, yeah. Black Friday. I'm always good for some fifty dollars jerseys or less. But um, so oh, yeah, so yeah. appreciate all that. So also, we're going to talk to Logan Sawyer, the newest Cardinal um, signed just uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, he went from independent ball in Evansville, Indiana, now signed in the St. Louis Cardinals organization. We're going to have him in about 20 minutes-ish. Um, We're going to talk first. Let's break it down talk about uh, news of the day, which would be um, – oh, I, now I'm going to forget his name. Uh, I want to say Mike – Mike – what was Mike Mike um, Mike Rodriguez? Oh, um, came, Mike Rodriguez yes. came out today and said that there was a meeting between Wilson Contreras and the St. Louis Cardinals about being the next catcher of the St. Louis Cardinals. So, Josh, you are in on Wilson Contreras? I think I might be. I think I might have talked myself into this, and I'll tell you why. I was texting with another buddy about this today, another Cardinals fan, friend of mine, roommates in college. Um, you know, the more I think about this with the catcher situation, I put a poll up, right, on our page about a possible trade scenario, Sean Murphy. Would you rather trade Lars Newtbar? I believe it was Lars Newtbar. Um, oh, who was it? Um, I'm, drawing, I'm drawing blanks. Yvonne Herrera. Yeah. And I think the new, the new kid we drafted, Cooper, Cooper Jerpy, one of the pitchers, which he technically can't be traded right now anyways, but – Swap him out for Gordon Graceffa, right? One of our high end. Those are three guys that are top eight, you know, all within the top eight of our prospects. Would you rather trade all three of those guys for Sean Murphy or just, you know, just go ahead and sign Wilson Contreras to a five-year, I think I put like a $105 million deal, right? Just kind of throwing ideas out there. We had 451 votes on that poll. It was just a day ago. And 61% said they just signed Contreras to that five-year, $105 million deal. What do you think about that? Yeah, you know, I was shocked by that, um, by the number that they went with that. So to me, that seemed light for what the A's would want. Um, so I was like, yeah, sure, yeah. give me Sean Murphy. Like, if I don't have to give up Gordon uh, Gorman or Wynn or, you know, anything like that, then I'm, I think I'm fine with it. Um, and you didn't have to give, I mean, you got Lars, who was arguably the best outfielder last year, um, especially in the yeah, second offensively half. for sure. Yeah. So like in the second half, obviously, you know, so I, I don't really want to get rid of him. I'd like to have the depth and have Jordan Walker up as well, probably now and have, uh, Lars there as well. But I think for that price, I'm, I'm just with Sean Murphy. I don't think it's going to be that price. So I have said since Wilson Contreras has been talked about, just go ahead and sign him because he's free. Well, you know, obviously there's a, a comp pick that has to go with that as well uh, because he was given the qualifying offer. Uh, but I'm still – that's, you know, a, not a real prospect. That's not a real person as of yet, right? So I would, I'm much more apt to just give him money. 
Um, and I think five years, I don't think it's going to need that much. And all I keep on hearing is how, you know, how he's a terrible catcher and, you know, he's he's going to not – he can't even play. He's going to be a DH. He's, his pop time is top ten in the in the league still. Strong arm. His framing's not great. And um, Manfred said in June that he wants um, the RoboUmps to start in 2024. That's his goal. RoboUmps 2024. So that's one year that you have to worry about framing. Like, I'm, I'm not that worried about it. But let's be honest, though. If they – there's – the Murphy is – supposedly linked to the Guardians now, and Contreras is talking to the Astros as well. They've, he's supposedly meeting with them tomorrow after meeting with the Cardinals today or yesterday. If you miss out on those two, I think there's a big drop-off. And are you getting much better um, going somewhere else than Kisner and Herrera with anyone besides those two? I think if you miss on those two, you're in trouble, personally. Yeah. I mean, they can't. They can't miss on on one of these two guys. I I think. I mean, you can pivot and trade for one of the Blue Jays catchers, but I I don't know if I feel like they're a better option between Murphy or Contreras, at least offensively. And I know they both, Kirk and uh, Jensen both had both had good offensive years, um, but it was kind of their first, I think, to do that. So I don't know, they man. Did, the more I think about it, their offensive years still weren't anything. I mean, they blow you away. Yeah. They were two forties. Now they split and a lot of time runs. with each other too. Right, that's true. That is very true. So, like, I just don't think there's a big upgrade over Kisner in a lot of the situations, especially if you're talking about even lower level Barnhart, Vasquez, Maldonado, like all these other names that have been thrown around. Like, why make one of those moves and and move on from Kisner and Herrera? Like, to me, it doesn't make sense unless you're actually improving the lineup. Right, unless because you're 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 getting Wilson Contreras because he can hit. Let's be honest; like you need a catcher, and so you you fill that with a hitter, then you've you've improved the lineup. It's the same idea of why even talk about a shortstop. And John Mozeliak has said it: we don't need a shortstop. Tommy Edmond is very good at shortstop. We don't need him. We don't need one. But you think about it because there are good ones available. That's the only reason. It's the same idea because you're just trying to improve the lineup um, there. So I mean, that's where I am with it. I think. Contreras has always made the most sense um, for a lot of reasons, but it's money-wise, and people say, well, the Cardinals don't sign, they trade. That's true, too, but they don't like giving up prospects, and Sean Murphy, I think, is going to cost more than what the Cardinals are usually – like, Mozeliak fleeces guys, fleeces teams. He doesn't give up their big big guys for uh, for top players. Yeah, and I think think that's what I'm reading, too, on Murphy. So, like, that trade idea I threw up, <clears throat> probably going to take a lot more than that. And I don't know if he's worth it. He's, he's the best all-around catching option for sure. These last two years, Gold Glove winner in 2021, he's going to hit you around 18 to 20 home runs. Definitely solid offensively. I would not complain if they got him. But it's looking like it's going to take a lot. And Contreras, I threw out $105 million. I'm going to assume he gets – he's going to get at least $20 million a year. We just saw Jose Abreu. That was a pretty big deal go off the board. Uh, signing with the Astros for three years, and I believe it was like 58 or 59 million. So Jose Abreu at 36, 35, 36, got a three-year deal for 19 million a year. So Contreras is 30. Uh, he, I would say he's definitely got more power probably offensively at this point than, than Abreu does. He's going to get at least, I'm guessing, somewhere between that 20 to 22, 23, maybe million a year. Um, does have the compensation pick, but the more I think about it, man, like why not just why not just do it for the money, save those guys you're talking about, and maybe use them in another trade for a starting pitcher? Because we talked about this with Katie Wu last time we had her on. You potentially have four of your five starting rotation that's going to be gone after right. next season, right? Like Jack yeah. Flaherty, Adam Wainwright, Miles Michaelis, like gone. Like th- three-fifths, three-fifths of rotation. Those guys potentially are going to be gone. We need another starter. And if they're not going to get that in free agency, and from what I've seen with what Carlos Rodon might be commanding, I think he just had – he's had some meetings this week with some 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 teams that are highly interested in him. I believe one of them was the Dodgers. So <laughs> if yeah. they're in on him as a pitcher, you know he's going to get overpaid. So odds are we're not, we're not going to be going after a free agent starting pitcher. Um, it might be worth it to sign a guy like Contreras then you lock up catcher, you get a good bat. Maybe you don't have to, to trade Yvonne Herrera in another 
another right. trade, maybe two or three years, you have Contreras as a DH, and you can still have Her- Herrera come up as your catcher. But Contreras isn't a slouch at catcher. No, I mean, his framing's not great. His pitch calling might not be the best, but he's got a fantastic arm. He guns yes. guys down all the time. His pop time's always great. We have, so, we have a lot of comments coming in. On that, so we have a private yeah. uh, Facebook group. That's a Cardinals winner is our private group that you can join. So these comments come in from there. So it doesn't have names attached to them because it's a private group. But you can always find that link to our private group on our link tree as well and join our. And I'll improve you to come in as long as you're not a uh, you know a robot or something that's trying to steal money from people. But um, here's one of them uh, from this person. Let me pull it up. Sorry, one sec. It should show. Contreras has caught hasn't caught more than a hundred games in a season. Why do you want him? I I think that's more about um, what the Cubs are using him as. Like they put him as a DH. Like they're just using. They him use him way. a lot as a DH this year. Yeah, yeah, and that's and I don't think that's because he's not a good catcher. I mean, I think they're just using him to see what they can get out of him and decide how they're going to use him and go forward and how they're going to. Um, you know how they if they wanted to resign him those sort of things let's uh go to this one uh strong arm maybe but a slow release and not accurate i i i don't know i i don't know what data you had that says that i mean everything all yeah. the data analytics part of it says his pop time is good his release time is fast and he and he's able to gun guys out and he's you know pretty accurate with those as well it's it, what his knock has been is handling a staff and framing pitches. That has been his biggest knock as as a catcher in the last few years. Um, sorry. Uh, keep on going. Got some other ones from our Facebook group as well. Uh, too much money for what you are getting. The Cardinals have about $20 million-ish to spend or, or so. They're not going to spend it. I'm sorry to tell everyone, and especially the Ryan Scholl on Twitter. They're not going to sign a, a shortstop. And whatever um, Twitter guy that says he has sources – um, Cardinals live guy. He, they're not looking at Xander Bogarts. He's not even mentioned in the top seven landing spots from actual journalists. Like the Cardinals aren't going to sign a shortstop unless something dramatically happens where there has there's going to be a one year deal or a two year deal because there's no room because there's an odd man out like a Carrera type situation last year with the Twins. That's the only way the Cardinals are going to get some money if something works out that way. So too much money. Well, where are you going to spend the money? Like you like Josh just talked about. There's there's not going to be a starting pitcher that's going to be worth, you know, in that range that we can afford that the Cardinals want to afford. Mind you, not we can afford. They want to afford for that amount of money. So you're going to spend it somewhere. Would you rather have Brandon Nimmo or would you rather have Wilson Contreras? Like, would you rather have Andrew Benatendi or Wilson Contreras? Like, that's the type of moves you're talking about that's probably going to be spending money on. Like, where would you rather that money be spent, Josh? Wilson Contreras or some of these other spots? Yeah, I mean, give me Contreras. He's a guy who's, who's hitting 20-plus home runs a year, and he helps you offensively. Right. Look, I, I think I think the, the problem here is we don't really know when Mosellac said, you know, payroll's going up, how much it's actually going to go up. How much are they actually going to spend? Because you got arbitration numbers and all that stuff, too. Um the catching thing is unique, and I do think that the Cardinals need offense. Like, Absolutely. like that—that's right. That's where I, I want to go. Like, they—they they need offense. And I see—I I mean, I, I hear the points of oh, Contreras only caught more, hasn't caught more than 100 games this season. He caught 114 last year. Um, caught a little less this year with the DH. They gave him more rest, and he had a few injuries. Look, like, Yadi only caught 72 games this year, or something like that. Andrew Kisner, he and he and Kisner split almost, I mean, almost down the middle, the amount of times you know that they caught. And why did the Cardinals lose in the playoffs? It wasn't because of the catching position. It's because we right. didn't we didn't have offense, right? So right. I see the argument too of saying, well, maybe just go get Christian Velasquez for a year or two, or Omar Navarro's, you know, Navarro's or whatever. Like, I get that, and that's fine if 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 they're gonna do that if they're gonna if they're gonna go to a defensive minded catcher a cheaper option for a couple of years, then they have to turn around and go spend this money then on a Xander Bogarts or Carlos Correa or really go after it and get Trey Turner. They have to go somewhere and get something offensively because right. that's and, and the reason we're saying Contreras is because that's probably a more realistic option of what they might do. 
in terms of the money they might spend, right? Do you think they'd rather spend 20 million a year for five years? Or do you think they'd rather throw out 155 to 160 million over, you know, five or six years on Dansby Swanson? I saw today one of his numbers was like 146 million for five years. You think they want to pay, you know, Dansby Swanson that? I don't think so. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting. I think the I think the big part is too. Everyone likes to throw Nolan Gorman out, and people think that Donovan's going to be the starting second baseman. I personally do not see Donovan starting at second base uh, to open up the season. I think Nolan Gorman is your starting second baseman, and I think that because you can't have if you're talking about what where we lacked was you know offense, and we're losing Albert Pujols, who had an incredible second half. So where are we going to land? We we can't have Tommy Edmond and Brendan Donovan playing up the middle. Because you have literally no pop. So you're going to play Nolan Gorman because that guy's going to hit 30 home runs. He's Yes, he's going to bat 230. That's why also I think Cardinals fans would hate Dansby Swanson because he's struck out 185 times. Like You're talking about Kyle Schwarber-esque type things when you're talking about Nolan Gorman. He's going to strike out a bunch. He's going to hit 230, but he's going to hit 30-plus home runs. That's who Nolan Gorman profiles to be, and that's what he was last year because he split 30 home runs between the majors and the minors last year. Like, that's what we're – like, people are like, it's terrible, but that's what he is, and that's what Kyle Schwarber is, and that's what these other guys are, and that's what they need up the middle is someone to be able to hit. Uh, we got another comment coming in from YouTube. I'll pull it up. Uh, Brendan Donovan had a 400 OPB. He's not going to start. I don't think he's going to start. And I, and he look, and I, I, he's going to be super utility. I, I think is where he'll be. Like he'll be. A, I think he's going to get a lot more playing time than we think. I think. I think they're pretty. They're bu- they're pretty bullish on him after after the Gold Glove and finishing third. You got to think about the ceiling. Was last year the ceiling of Brendan Donovan? Probably. <laughs> That's the question, yeah. That's Especially OBP wise. Right. The ceiling, like Brennan Donovan is not a herald uh, prospect, right? By any means. He has not been that guy. They did not have all this talking about Brennan Donovan at any point in his entire, you know, uh, minor league career. Nolan Gorman has been talked about for years. So who are they going to give the, uh, the, opportunity to it's going to be the opportunities to Nolan Gorman now if Nolan Gorman falls flat on his face and is hitting 150 yeah you're going to see more Brendan Donovan because of it but also there's going to be injuries we know there's going to be injuries of some sort and that's where Brendan Donovan is going to come in he's going to be a super utility guy that can play every position like he did last year he's going to be able to play all over the diamond and he's going to be able to get his opportunities but he's I but you're going to get someone that can swing the bat and hit home runs Brendan Donovan had how many home runs last year Tommy Edmond had how many home runs last year? So between those two positions, I think Nolan Gorman will have more home runs than those two guys combined, and that's what they need the difference because if Tyler O'Neill is not that dude again, where are you getting production from? Like where are you yeah. going to be able to get the filling, out, filling in for Albert Pujols? Like where are the numbers coming from? Because the Cardinals are not going to – they're not revamping this lineup. Like it's not going to happen. So, I, I mean, I think that you have to be more realistic of, of what's – of what's really to come. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be interesting. I mean, Donovan, I hear you on the OBP. I mean, that was the, the, by far the strongest, uh, his strength, right, of last season. The guy was getting on base. He was scoring runs. He was hitting some doubles. And you need that. I mean, I've been saying Tommy Edmonds should be our Ben Zobers type. Maybe that's Brendan Donovan. I mean, you need guys like that <clears throat> that can literally play everywhere because inevitably Tyler O'Neill is going to try to try for a triple or try to steal a base and pull a hammy, and you're going to have Brandon Donovan out there in left field, or you'll need to give Tommy Edmond a day off, or maybe Gorman's in a rut for a week, and you let you know Donovan play some some shortstop, and or you let Donovan play some second base and Tommy over at shortstop. Like that's going to happen all season. Uh, you and I are both subscribers now to the Athletic. I jumped on to the uh, the deal they had going on over the weekend, which is which is a great one. Um, yeah, you can't knock. I don't a know if you saw. <laughs> yeah, for twelve for yeah for a year you can't. Yeah, get for a year, dollar a month. Yeah. Yeah, Ken Rosenthal a couple of days ago had his latest. You know what he's hearing around the league, right? Yes. I believe I sent you this. Um, he had a quote here. He said, "Cardinals GM John Mozeliak in a telephone conversation Tuesday made it clear team's number one priority is still an everyday catcher." Uh, Ken asked him about the possibility of adding a shortstop. Mozeliak said, quote, Tommy Edmond is a very, very good shortstop. So that probably gives you some insight into what you just said, where, where they think about, you know, Gorman playing second and getting some more opportunity there. Um, and then he said that, you know, 
the marketplace changes, falls in their lap, could adjust it short. As for the outfield, obviously numerous options. Um, Ken says here that Mo described top prospect Jordan Walker, quote, as the biggest wild card. He did not rule out a veteran addition, but such a player likely would be a backup behind O'Neill Carlson, Newt Bar. I still think Walker, I mean, Mo said it himself several times. He's going to be the wild card. He might be the guy hopefully you can get some of that offensive production from that we lost out of Albert last year because, again, I don't want Brandon Nimmo. I don't want to overpay Brandon Nimmo. I don't want another Dexter Fowler 2.0. I think that's what he is. Um, I think I will, would pass on that yeah. and roll roll the dice with Jordan Walker and hope he comes out you know, guns blazing spring training or he goes to triple a and tears it up for the first month. And he just goes ahead and comes up. It, I mean, there, there's, a, there's going to be a lot of factors in the outfield. Um, it sounds like O'Neill, a lot of what I've read on him is they're changing his workout in the off season. Uh, they're trying to get him to be a little more flexible. Odds are, I'm assuming they're probably going to maybe try to limit him on how many bases and things he's stealing. So he's not going quite as hard so he can stay healthy for the year. And if that happens, then hopefully you've got another, 30-plus home run guy right there because we've right. seen that he can do it. So, again, all this factors in, like we started talking about Contreras, right? You throw in another guy who consistently has 20, 25-plus home run power and is fine at catcher, enough to where he could, you know, catch 100, 110 games and Kisner can help fill in the rest. And you can use him as a DH option when you right. need to. So, I, I think I think he's a solid option. Now, look, again, if we get Murphy and it doesn't involve, you know, Gorman or Wynn or somebody like that, and then I'm I'm not going to complain about that either, because uh, yeah, then they could just turn around. Ideally, yeah, absolutely, and they could turn around and spend a bunch of money on a shortstop if they really wanted to, you know, and, and keep Gorman at second sum, keep him at DH. There's a lot of different options. Just going to be really interesting. But winter meetings are coming up Sunday. We hadn't had that yeah. since 2019, and that 2019, a lot of moves. I don't know if you remember that. You know, Garrett Cole. A lot of those big players came off the board like that week at winter meetings. So hopefully we see some big deals happen. Yeah, I think I think that's when most people think that the Cardinals are finally going to get something going is going to be at the winter meetings. I want to say, um, I want to say uh, we're going to bring on Logan uh, Logan Sawyer here in a minute. Uh, but I want to talk about what you just mentioned there on that article. And when I read that article from from Ken Rosenthal, my initial thought was it sounds like the Cardinals are going to sign Wilson Contreras and do probably a little to nothing else. Like that's what I took from that article of what he's hearing around the league. Like it sounds like Cardinals are gonna that like when I say nothing else, like nothing of major, uh, you know, sorts. It's maybe bringing a reliever and maybe bringing a bench bat, like things like that. They're not gonna be adding any other starters or starting position players. To me, that's how I read that article. Um, another person comments uh, again. It's from our private group on Facebook, which you can join with our link on Linktree in our all of our things. I would give up winner win for Mur- Murphy now. You know that is a that is a, a question, right? I don't. I wouldn't give up Gorman for Murphy. I would not. But when is different? Yes, because if you make like you said, if you trade Win for Murphy, then I would like to see you sign a shortstop. Then your yeah. depth and your needing of a shortstop in a few years is non-existent. That's kind of how I feel about it. Right. I'm fine. I'm fine trading Win. If that means we're signing a Xander Bogarts for five years, well, plus, you know, well, and look, and it's going to be win and who else, right? I mean, it's probably going to be some pitching right. prospects. They're going to want more than that, sure. but yeah, if if you if you do that to get Murphy, you'd have lot, you know, you'd have him under arbitration for the next three years, and then you go out and say you sign, I don't know, Xander Bogarts or Dansby Swanson, who I'm still not that high on, <laughs> but maybe maybe you go out and get him for five or six years. You might be fine with that with trade and win. I mean, if they're that bullish on Brendan Donovan being able to play all over, because then you'd still have Edmund and you'd still have Donovan, who can both play shortstop pretty well, can play all over. So, you know, and, th- and that's why I like Trey Turner. That's why I like a guy like Trey Turner. We've talked about this. I don't think they're going to be in on it, obviously, because he wants a, a lot of money. But you're not you're not signing – uh, and Greg Amsinger said this um, this morning on the opening drive with Randy Carricker because um, he's convinced that the Cardinals are going to go after Trey Turner. I don't know why. He thinks it would be the biggest mistake if they didn't. But but he made a great point. He said you're not signing a shortstop with Trey Turner. You're signing a great ball player. Right. Because he didn't, he didn't play shortstop exclusively for the Dodgers. He played second. 
He played short and he played center field at a very high level. Like the guy can play at least three pretty premium. And those are all three premium defensive positions outside of like third base. Like he's played all over. So you're signing him. You're not just signing him just to play shortstop, you know, unless he comes out and says, that's all I want to play. But he didn't do that with the Dodgers. So I I think obviously Trey Turner, because the reason why you sign him is not because you have a hole in at shortstop. The reason why you sign him is because he's a good baseball player. Like that's that's the reason. Dynamic why hitter. Yeah, that, that's game the changing you, speed. That's the why. You, that's why you even have that conversation. That's the same thing of why you have a conversation about Danzy Danzy Swanson and Xander Bogarts and any of those things because the Cardinals don't have a hole at shortstop. I I think Tommy Edmond is great at shortstop. I think he'll win a Gold Glove at shortstop. Like he's he's a good defensive, great defensive shortstop, an elite defensive second baseman like his defense is not the problem and but you're you would do it to upgrade your offense and that's the entire point um all right so uh you have anything else on that winter meetings coming up next week um and so we'll be able to have an, some hopefully some news that come out but anything else on Contreras side of it no sounds like i think we start off saying it but it sounds like they've actually at least it's reported that they've actually met with him or talked right. with him so we know of his interest with the cardinals and and that's another thing my buddy said, too. It's like, look, we talk about in recent years, well, these free agents don't want to come to St. Louis anymore. Like, Matt Holiday was the last one that, like, you know, wanted to come and sign a big deal. And but from everything I've read, like, Contreras wants to be here. Right. Right? Like, he's he's asked Doesn't inquired sound so boring, about. I guess. Yeah, he's inquired <laughs> about, you know, the culture, about, you know, talking with Jose Quintana, obviously good friends with Yachty. Like, it, he, it seems like he relishes the idea of carrying Yachty's legacy. What other catcher are you going to find that would step up and want to do that in St. Louis? I don't, I don't think many would, would want to step up and try to do that. So like we can't, you can't have it both ways, right? Like we've complained, people have complained in recent years, well, free agents don't want to come here, Well, we have one that wants to come here. You're going to open up the pocketbook and you're going to bring him or not, you know? And so I think, I think, I think that's an interesting point to uh, think about because we haven't had a lot of that in recent years. So it's going to be interesting this week with the winter meeting starting Sunday. Hopefully some, hopefully some big moves happen. Absolutely. All right. We're going to take like a 20 second break and then we're going to bring on Logan, Logan Sawyer. Um, just give us uh, about 20 seconds and we'll get him up here in just a second. Yeah. As we were talking about earlier, um, we've got a lot of great, sponsors affiliations that we're with right now jersey flock if you haven't checked out their stuff it's great they've got some great deals on jerseys going on right now i get some some christmas shopping done um yeah we are brought to you by jersey flock lids now we're an affiliate partner with breaking tea of course has got some fantastic stuff um so make sure you go to our twitter profile and click on our link tree and uh, Go to those links for Jersey Flock, Lids, Breaking Tea. There's others. Uh, make sure to use our discount links. You'll get a nice discount there at checkout. Of course, we'll get a little kickback to help us keep running this podcast. But um, if you guys have got some Christmas shopping left to do, those discount codes, um, they will help you out a lot. Um, Ryan and I both use those <laughs> in recent weeks to get some shopping done. So it's not just for, for uh, you guys. It's for us too, but. They're great. They're great codes. So make sure to check those out. All right. I'm joined now with Logan Sawyer, the newest signee of the St. Louis Cardinals. Logan, welcome to the show. Um, first thing I want to ask you is about, let's talk about the Evansville Otters. Someone I, okay. I, I grew up with the Evansville Otters. I grew up uh, going to games at Bossy Field. So a lot of our uh, watchers and listeners are from St. Louis area, but we also cross over into Indiana. So what was it like being able to play in one of the oldest ballparks in the United States? Did you feel like it was a big deal at all, like being there versus going on the road to different places? Did, was it a bigger deal there than anywhere else? Or, you know, what was it like playing in Evansville? Yeah, um, no, it, it was a big deal because obviously you look at the history and if you're a baseball fan, you're going to notice that there's a lot of um, a lot of historical ball figures that came through there, whether that's managers, coaches, um, ball players, obviously, and to be able on the same, be able to step on the same diamond as them is pretty special. So you get to look back and every day you kind of learn something new. Um, going to newer ballparks is obviously fun. Uh, you can tell it's an older ball field over at Bossy, but, um, it's, it's pretty much a 
fun experience every single day, being able to go in there and kind of ask around of, you know, who else played here, uh, whose jerseys up on the wall, um, kind of getting that feel for true traditional baseball. So yeah, no, it was, it was a pretty cool experience. And then they're talking about playing a game there, actually an MLB game there in the future. Like right. They did. Yeah. So that would be pretty cool. And obviously a league of their own was shot there. Do you, no, you what? Did, did you, Nobody did, ever told me that. Stop it. You're, you're joking, right? No, of course. Okay. Of course. Yeah. No, they, they told oh, us, they told us that all the time, man. No. Yeah. I was about no. to be like, what? <laughs> no. Yeah. They told us that all the time, but it, it was cool. Cause you got to go back. I had never seen the movie before. Okay. Uh, so we actually watched it on a bus one time and of course, you know, everybody's kind of like, where's it at? Where's it at? And you kind of get to see it and it's, it's, it's pretty neat. Yeah. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of different scenes that you probably don't even realize are a part of that movie. But, uh, you know, the, obviously the warehouse in the back is the easy one to, to be able to notice whenever it's that uh, ballpark for that. But that's pretty, yeah. pretty cool. No, I, I don't mind that at all because that is a great hitter's eye. So, yeah, no especially kidding. throwing in day games there. Yeah, no. And they tried uh, to tear it down many, many times They've over the he years. He won't let them. Yeah, they won't, definitely. He won't, yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit different. So you're from the Evans Lauders, the Frontier League. And then mm-hmm. now all of a sudden you're signed in the Cardinals organization. Right. One one year later. So you had a zero ERA in 2022 for the Evansville yeah. uh, Otters, which is just unbelievable, obviously. So help me understand how you got from Evansville for two seasons now into the Cardinals organization. Uh, it, go, it goes back to a lot of stuff prior to 2021. So 2021... I got the break with being able to sign with them and they gave me an opportunity to kind of showcase myself as a revamped pitcher because uh, prior to that, it was in 2016, I was with the Rockies and after our season, um, I hadn't had two grade of seasons in a row and so they released me, uh, but that was a blessing in disguise. So I actually ended up going back to school and uh, in doing that, I just didn't know what was going to go on. I didn't know anything about indie ball. I knew nothing about, uh, I didn't have an agent. I didn't know any connections. So to me, I felt a little lost and I went to Cressy sports performance a lot in the past, uh, training there for baseball, obviously. And I kind of joked around with Eric, like I'm not playing ball this year. So, uh, do you need a strength coach kind of joking around? He said, yeah, sure. I mean, we'd love to have, you know, extra help down here. And I thought he was kidding. And he's like, are you serious? I said, yeah, I said, I'll do it. So, Went down there and I worked uh, as an intern for the strength and conditioning side of it. And in doing so, I trained along the way. So as training there and coaching it, you get a better feel for the ins and outs of why you're doing stuff. And doing that, we had some showcases in, I guess it would be January of 2018. And there's some scouts there. And I was thrown in a bullpen. And on my last pitch of the bullpen, I felt a pop in my elbow. So I had Tommy John. So all of 2018, my surgery was actually on opening day of the season. So that was a lot of fun being in the hospital and yes. seeing all the games going on. But yeah. anyway, uh, yeah, so I rehabbed all of 2018. And then in 2019, I uh, went to go play in Lancaster with the Barnstormers in the Atlantic League and played there. Didn't do great, but they kind of told me, you know, this is more so about you just staying healthy and getting back to what you were. And after that season, I actually got an opportunity to go to Australia and play. So I went down there and I came back in late January of 2020, I believe. And obviously, you know, that little thing happened where the world just shut down. <laughs> so that was a lot of fun because uh, I just thought I was getting back into the swing of things of baseball and then it gets shut down. Right. Then I had the opportunity of going to the Chicago Dogs and uh, going to their spring training. Didn't work out, got cut. Uh, came back home, kind of allowed myself to have a little bit of a pity party. Uh, I was like, I'm, you know, let myself be upset until I get home. And that lasted about two hours out of the eight hour drive. I was like, all right, I'm over this. All right, we're going to move forward. Uh, kind of retrained with the core velocity belt and clean fuego. Got named Mike Spears, uh, BC athletics in Knoxville. He's helped me out a tremendous amount with just, uh, kind of learning how to simplify pitching. And one of the best things he's told me uh, if I ever got upset in a bullpen was, Hey, you're not good enough to get mad. <laughs> he goes, those guys in the big leagues mess up all the time and you know, they can get mad, but he's like, always remember, you're not good enough to get mad right now. It's a bullpen. So he kind of kept it light with me. And, uh, 
I'm getting to the point of the question you asked. Yeah, so, right. uh, <laughs> so we ended up throwing a bullpen and he asked me prior to that bullpen, he goes, have you signed anywhere yet? And I said, no, not yet. And he goes, well, who have you contacted? Have you put out videos? I said, no. He goes, what are you doing? You're in a warehouse in Knoxville. They're not just going to walk in here and sign you. We got to put a video out. So I said, okay. So we, uh, put on the rap soda and track man recorded it. And then during that bullpen, I had only been really an 88, 92 kind of guy. And they called us JARPs. Uh, when I was at the Rockies organization, it was an inside joke. It stood for just another right-handed pitcher because we were all 88, 92 fastball sinker slider change up. Um, and so we were throwing that bullpen. I knew something was different leading up to that. And as we're throwing the bullpen, we get done with the first 15 pitchers or so. And he goes, do you want to know what you're throwing? I was like, you know, what, 90, 93? He goes, you're sitting 95. And I was kind of blown away. I've never done that before. It was on an indoor mound, turf, no hitter. And I was kind of blown away. And I'll preface this with saying, I know people get censored a lot for being Christian. I'm a Christian, and I'm going to tell you right now, this is 100% a God thing, because um, I could not do it without him. And uh, so we put the video together. And I got a call from Andy uh, in Evansville and within two minutes of talking to him, I knew I wanted to play for him. Just seemed like a great guy, trustworthy, wants you to get out of indie ball. Um, so I signed with them. He said, what role are you looking for? I said, I just want to roll. I said, I just don't want to be a guy that's going to be up in the air. He goes, well, we need a closer. He goes, can you close? I said, I closed one game <laughs> with the Rockies. So new territory, but I set him up for the challenge. He goes, okay. He goes, I want you to be our guy, but you know, you're going to have to come in and earn it. And I said, I'm all for that. I love that. He said it that way. So came into spring training, earned that spot, had a pretty good year last year. Um, and then going into the off season, just kept that same mindset of how do I incrementally get better each and every day? And, uh, yeah, I mean, it made a little bit more of a jump in my velo and then, uh, yeah, it was a pretty good year. I mean, that's kind of what led up to it. Well, let's let's go back to the Chicago Dogs being um, cut from them. Did you think yeah. your career was over? I mean, did did you think part of quitting? Me. Part of me did. Uh, quitting. Part part of me kind of did, but yeah. to me, um, I make this joke that I married my wife because uh, she told me I could play baseball until I'm 100 years old. She didn't <laughs> care. Uh, she's my biggest supporter, lover to death, uh, but. Yeah, I, I kind of thought it was over at first, uh, but then I was just kind of like, uh, I'll tell you the biggest moment for me was I actually prayed. I said, God, if you don't want me to play baseball anymore, you know, just give me a gut feeling that I don't need to play. And I went to bed that night and I woke up that next morning on fire. I was like, I need to go play somewhere. Unfortunately, it didn't work out that way. There was nowhere to go play. So um, just kind of had to settle for training. But yeah, for, for a split second, I, I thought it was over because I didn't know where else to go. I didn't know what to do. And uh, thank God I didn't. Yeah. So what do you think changed from, you know, your your upper 80s, low 90s stuff mm -hmm. to all of a sudden being, you know, pitching where, uh, you know, elite speed that gives you an opportunity in, in the big leagues? I mean, what changes that? Is it the training that you went through? Is it the Tommy John surgery, then rehabbing, like just doing things differently than you had done before? Right. And I'll... I'll kind of say with the whole Tommy John thing, guys come back throwing harder. People think it's the surgery. It's not the surgery. Um, it's because you tore UCLs because you weren't throwing the right way, or it could have been a freak accident, but afterwards you just really hone in on correcting your arm path, getting stronger, uh, with your arm care exercises, things like that. And that's a byproduct of guys gaining velocity. But with me, it was a little bit strength coaches hate it when I say this, but it was honestly lifting less heavy and getting more mobile. And, and it's not just doing yoga. It's more so um, the way Eric Cressy does it is beautiful. It, it's, a, it's, a, it's taxing in, the, in regards of it's a lot of tedious work of mobility exercises, but you get to lift heavy here and there. But for the most part, it's about acclimating your body to be explosive, rotational, how to stop um, – how to stop yourself from going forward, you know, getting that slingshot effect. Um, so that obviously helped the core velocity be belt helped. And then the clean fuego really amped it up because if you throw 
like I said, if you throw 95, but you're getting around the baseball, guys can see that spin a lot earlier and it doesn't look like 95. If you got true spin on it and really get behind it and ride through the zone, it's going to sneak up on you and that ball is going to be heavy. So kind of mixing all three of those together. I think that's what kind of led up to it. I don't know. It could have been a freak accident because I didn't even know what I was throwing at first. I thought I was throwing slower because it didn't feel like I was throwing hard. Um, but yeah, well, I don't, they, they say free and easy, right? Whenever it's free and easy, right. that's when, yeah. when it's coming better, right? <laughs> that's well, right. Have, yeah. So let's then. Okay. So then you, you have the great two years with, with Evansville, you guys mm-hmm. parted ways, but that was in the intent of knowing that you're had bigger aspirations, right? And there's been a lot of right. guys that have been signed from Evansville and other frontier league teams to, to the majors. Um, mm-hmm. so who, so you, you, um, you kind of went viral, right? You did the, you got another video going, you put out <laughs> some more content yeah. And then um, Pitching Ninja, who we follow, and and I would – did you get any of his gear? I was, there, I was going to say, go. did you get any there of his go. gear because of yeah, that? Yeah, I did. I yeah, did. so yeah. Pitching Ninja retweets you, and yeah. it, it gets, you know, 100,000 views on the video. Right. He's so, so selfish. The, He's so yeah. selfish. <laughs> so how many teams um, contacted you? How many offers did you get? Mm-hmm. Um, I had – have it on my phone i think still it was um 22 mlb organizations and then it was uh, 11 independent ball teams and two international teams um so i just got a lot of traction and then i got a lot of calls offers it was very weird offers it was more so offers of hey we'd like for you to come to a workout if it you know if we pique our interest we could sign you to a minor league deal can't guarantee you anything it'd be on my own dime and uh some teams were a little more interested than others some uh flat out told me that i was old and (laughs) they would bring me in and just see what happens um but with the cardinals they were i mean as soon as we answered the phone and started talking we hit it off uh in regards to who reached out uh john butch butch yeah Yeah. something like that yeah yeah sorry john yeah. <laughs> uh yeah john emailed me and so i work hvac in the off season so it was weird when that kind of went let's pause there for a second i don't think yeah. a lot of people realize an independent ball you have to have another job like yeah you, get, you have you make like i don't know like twenty thousand dollars a year or something like that in independent ball right it's not it's guys not are getting money. paid Oh, <laughs> I didn't know. I, no, uh, yeah. I mean, that's generous, uh, yeah. but no, I mean, it's for love of the game. A hundred percent. Yeah. And but, so uh, like you, you have a full-time job to make money yeah. to survive and you're right. You get HVAC, you're doing that. And now you're getting calls from these major league clubs <laughs> yeah. saying, Hey, we're interested in signing you, but go ahead. What did, what did John have to say? Yeah. He no, you're, you're good. Um, so we were actually working out at this where it was freezing cold and we were outside working on a unit and he emailed me and the guy I was working with at the time, uh, Jason Malone, uh, I work at AirQuest America, by the way. So I want to shout out to them. <laughs> um, but I, I was with him. I said, Hey, I said the next few days, I may be on the phone more so than not. And he was like, I don't care. He's like, it's fine. Don't worry about it. So uh, he emailed me and I called him right away because I try to be on top of it. Cause I mean, throughout the day, I usually get up um, and I'm not being that guy, like posting stuff, you know, like, look how early I get up. It's cause I have to, um, it's not to look cool, but like getting up around like four, four thirty in the morning to go work out and then work in HVAC for about like eight to 10, sometimes 12 hours a day. Um, so there's no time to go do it. And, uh, uh, anyway, we were outside and I called John and as soon as he picked up the phone and said, Hey, and we started talking, it was just very intimate, uh, in the way of, he wanted to know who I was. He wanted to know my story, where I came from, my aspirations in baseball, outside of baseball. And that was different for me. Cause, uh, sometimes you got that same spiel of like, Hey, we saw your video, saw your numbers, send more analytics, send more analytics, send this, send that, uh, send us references, you know, thing, things of that sort. But with them, it was more so like, tell me about yourself. Like, who are you? What, why do you play the game? And then it led into us just kind of hitting it off. And that to me gave me the, uh, first impression of they really care about who they sign as a person. And that made the decision pretty easy for me to continue that conversation going forward. Um, 
but we just kind of started talking and then he sent me over to, um, I believe it was Tim, uh, the pitch coordinator. And then we talked and kind of hit it off a little bit. Then he sent my conversation, I guess you could say of what we had up to more of the front office people. And, uh, they liked it. Uh, they liked what they heard. They liked what they saw on video. They liked who they've talked to about me. And I kind of told them straight up. I said, I don't party. I don't drink alcohol. Uh, I'm going to be low maintenance. I don't ask for a lot. Uh, I keep it light around the clubhouse if I can. I'm not going to throw temper tantrums, anything like that. So, um, I try to be like if Jim Carrey was a baseball player, I just try to keep it light and goofy. And, uh, but when it's time to go to work, it's time to go to work. And you know, you got to have that switch to lock it in. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was kind of funny because he, he called me back and I was working on a lift, working on a hanging unit. And I was, he was like, what's that noise? I was like, Oh, sorry. Like, you know, it's busy work. And so, uh, yeah, I got off the lift and we kind of hit it off a little bit. Then he extended the offer to me and I told him, I said, can you send that in an email and just give me a few minutes to kind of think about it. And, uh, yeah, it was pretty, pretty, pretty easy decision to be honest with you. And, uh, obviously they have a great track record of player development, um, great pitching history. And they also have a great reputation of, uh, being very hospitable to the players and their families. So very easy decision to me because family is everything. Yeah. So let's back up to the family and growing up, you grew up in Tennessee, right? You're that's mm-hmm. where you're from. Right. Not, are you from Knoxville or that area? I am. Yeah. And I do not want to talk about last Saturday at all. <laughs> well, are you a Peyton Manning fan? My brother's name's Peyton. Well, okay. Well, my my yeah. niece's name Peyton. I'm, I'm in Indianapolis, Indiana is where I record. Oh, okay. I am. Yeah. So I'm from Indiana. So Peyton is, you know, God, I mean, there's, I have jerseys all over the place, mostly Cardinal stuff right behind me, but there's a Peyton one, there's yeah. an Adam Vinatieri jersey over there. Like the, the Colts are what we talk about. So Peyton, I know in down yeah. there, he's just, he's just the God. Oh uh, yeah. There, he's he's well. the best. And, uh, the backup quarterback, um, Jackson or Davis is his last name. One of the two, his brother plays for Indiana university, but Oh really? Yeah. And so he, they, he, they grew up here. Do you want to talk about the bowl game a couple years ago? No, I don't. I, I watched that one. I, I can tell you how bad that <laughs> came down to a field goal, but no, I ask all this to get you back to, you know, did you grow up a Braves fan? Did you grow up a Cardinals fan? What is, I know that's a close area of what is baseball fans there. Are you going to tell me like Yankees or something? Cubs? Okay, good. All right, that's fine. Reds. Oh, okay. Well, how did you become a Reds fan from down there? So my dad, so my dad, I figured people would probably hate me for that. No, uh, but look, no. the Reds are like the like, little stepchild. Like, you know, it doesn't really matter. No big deal. That's true. I mean, being a Tennessee Vols fan and a Cincinnati Reds fan, you can't break my heart or hurt my feelings. <laughs> you just can't. It's not possible. Right. Um, but no, so he grew up in uh, Norris or, you know, how they, he pronounced it, Norris, Tennessee. Uh, he grew up there and he had a transistor radio and the only thing he could pick up at nighttime was uh 700 WLW. So he listened to Joe Nuxall and Marty Brenneman growing up. Nice. And that was the only people he could listen to. And he grew up in the mid seventies. So it was pretty, yeah. pretty I mean, fun being a Reds fan. You know, that's how a lot of Cardinals fans came as well because, uh, their big flagship goes mm-hmm. from mountains to mountains from west coast to yeah. east coast at night back in the day that's how there became so many cardinals fans it's similar right similar idea so that's cool that i mean reds fan i wasn't expecting i was expecting braves because a lot of braves uh down that way but yeah for sure especially in the 90s like, yeah. obviously there's tons of braves and cubs fans yeah down here so yeah. growing up obviously okay reds fans and then then they play the Cardinals a lot. So you got mm-hmm. to know a lot about the Cardinals as a fan oh, yeah. or, or hating them, whichever way it came from, from the red side, you know, is there, are you excited to see the Cardinal way like that people talk about or, you know, yeah. what that really means and what that, like what's different there versus what you experienced, you know, in Colorado and with that organization. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm, ex- I'm very excited. Uh, it was kind of funny because when it happened, it was ironic growing up a Reds fan than Cardinals. Um, but no, I'm all, all Cardinals now, but, um, yeah, the whole Cardinal way we were growing up playing MVP baseball, uh, 2005 could be the greatest video game of all time, (laughs) but we'd always play. My brother would be Red Sox and we'd always be the Cardinals. And, I secretly wanted to be a Cardinals fan so bad because I loved Albert Pujols, um, loved hate with Yachty. 
um, which I actually met Yachty one time and he was so nice. And I told him I hated him because he was so nice. I was like, you're not supposed to be nice. I'm supposed to not like you. He's a phenomenal guy. Yeah. I wish him nothing but the best, but he, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm super excited. Um, I'm, I'm really thrilled to kind of get into the mindset of what their, um, kind of belief system is and to what makes them so successful on the pitching side of things. Um, and with Colorado, um, yeah, I mean, I enjoyed my time there. I really did. Um, I just got stagnant. I just didn't improve. Um, that was probably on me. Um, not saying anything bad at all about them. Uh, but yeah, I think that was probably on me just staying stagnant, not pushing myself to my fullest extent. Wasn't a thing of work ethic. It was just, uh, more so mentally, I wasn't chasing down avenues as to where I could get better. And, um, you kind of get around that professional side of things and you've never been around it before and you kind of see guys moving up and you think you're going to go along with them. And it's like, no, not necessarily. And, um, Nolan's cousin, Josh Fuentes, I got to be pretty good friends with him with Colorado and seeing them and the way they prepare. Um, it's intense. It's intense. Nolan's an intense guy. Um, he probably doesn't remember me, but he, uh, he's a really intense guy, but we, I remember we hung out one time and he's, he's a goofball, man. He is an absolute goofball. And I'm pretty sure he's got ADHD too. So I remember we were in the car and it was me, Josh, Nolan, and, uh, oh my goodness, his, his brother, uh, I cannot think of his name to save my life. And I feel bad about it. Um, Nolan's brother, Jonah, uh, and no, like there was not dead air at all. That whole car ride, nobody would shut up. And I was like, I can't believe I've met other people that are like me. Uh, but I think I think that's funny because people think of Nolan Arenado as this really serious ball player. You know what I mean? No. Like, yeah, he's very. Yeah, serious I mean he is. Field. He is. Yeah. He is. Yeah. yeah. But oh, great dude off the field. But see how he is, where he almost will come off as like that psycho competitiveness. That's me internally when I play. Externally when I play, some organizations may hate or love it you probably couldn't even see if I had a pulse. I don't like, I'm just not that guy. I I just, it, in my head, if my own mother was up to hit, I would throw at her head if she was crowding the plate. Like that's like my mentality. Um, but yeah, no, he's, he's, he's a goof off the field, but I love the fact that he has that switch. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, uh, playing uh, co-ed softball myself, I always thought mm-hmm. of every single game as the seventh game of the World Series. My wife now, right. when we played on the same. She hated that because everything was so <laughs> serious for me. But anyways, all right. So you're you're now in the Cardinals organization. What mm-hmm. what I don't aspirations isn't the right word because you know your obviously aspirations is to make the big league club. But what have they said? Here is your avenue. This is what to expect or those sort of thing. I mean, are you hoping to be on a on the on the AAA team? Are you hoping to be just make the A team? Like what's your what's your goal? um, going into camp? Yeah. So, I mean, that's a good question. Um, I was asking the same things. Uh, that was one of the conversations we had on the phone that day of, you know, where do you see me? I want the only, I said, I'm not asking for much. I just want an honest opportunity. I mean, opportunity is let me come to spring training, help me throw in games, give me some tips here and there, obviously, cause there's a lot of arms to go through in spring training. Um, and that was all I wanted. Uh, that's all I, all I could ask for was just an opportunity. And they kind of gave me that and some, they were like, no, like we're not signing you for a feel good story. We're signing you because we think you can help us out at the major league level. And they pretty much were telling me you're going to decide what's going to happen. Like it's in your hands. Uh, and because I also looked it up, they don't have a bad track record of holding guys back. They let guys kind of promote themselves. If you put up numbers, it's hard to argue numbers. Um, obviously numbers can get skewed. You can have one bad outing as a reliever and it can ruin your whole season. Um, but they see more of the, you know, the gray area of what a guy can be capable of at the major league level. Um, so to answer your question, I think, I mean, on the whole contract and things like that, they have to put you on a roster because people were saying, oh, he's going to Memphis. I mean, that's where they have me on the roster, but that's the fill of roster for spring sure. training. Um, 
but probably being 29 years old, I think double A AA or triple A uh, in the bullpen. Um, but they invited me to come up early for mini camp or step camp is what they call it. So that's a good sign. And then they told me they want me to come up even earlier than that, which is a good sign as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, I couldn't, I was blown away. I mean, I, I won't lie to you. I got choked up whenever he gave me that call and made the offer to me. And, uh, yeah, so hopefully I can take it from there. And in the email he sent me, congratulate me that I had signed. He said, uh, we're looking forward to you in spring training. And he pretty much was telling me, like, make it a hard decision to put you in minor league. Like, that's pretty much what he's telling me. Like, if you go up here and you kind of ball out, you know, force our hand. And so that's what I'm hoping to do. I'm not cocking in any regards. I try to stay humble and grounded. But in my head, when it comes to baseball, I, I have a high belief that if you're out there on the mound, if you think that hitter is going to get a hit, you've kind of already lost. And that's not a disrespect. It's just in your head, you have to think, nobody's touching me right now. Good or bad, you could have just given up a bomb. But you have to, like, don't let the failure of your last pitch dictate the success of your next pitch. And I think that mentality kind of helped me stay consistent mentally and not get checked out every single pitch because it's easy to get checked out. But yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm thrilled. I'm excited. I'm ready for the challenge. Well, yeah. So you obviously the way you're pitching now, or, you know, most recently mm -hmm. in the last couple of years, wasn't the way that you pitched in Colorado. Like you, you know, uh, for the Rockies right. organization, you said that you never really hit those speeds before. Mm -hmm. So in theory, they think you have major league stuff and that may have not been really the case before. Right. Right. Yeah, for sure. Um, when they signed me initially, I was at a showcase and I was like 93, 95, but that was pure adrenaline. And, uh, it was just, it was a freak thing. And then when I went back to college and I was throwing in games, I was like 88, 90. Um, so they kind of drafted me later and I, I took it obviously, cause you never know. I mean, you don't want to take it for granted. Then, you know, you get hurt and you never get drafted. So I took it and tried to run with it. Um, but I think what can help a guy's career take off is finding out. And Max Peterson told me this in Evansville. He said, when you find out what kind of pitcher you are, the game gets easier. So with me, it was more so I'm not a sinker guy anymore for the sake of where I was at the last two years. Who knows? I could, my sinker velocity could go up and the Cardinals may want me to be a sinker guy again. But when I found out who I was, okay, I'm a four seam high in the zone uh, splitter guy. That's who I am now. And that helped me out tremendously of being able to attack hitters right away because picking hitters brains that if you look at the radar gun, it doesn't matter to a hitter. They see what they see. And I, and every single hitter has a different timing mechanism to him. So a guy could go up there and get blown up by 90 and he can go up and lace 95 just because that guy throwing 90 makes the ball look a lot heavier and a lot faster. It's a more deceptive. So to me, I see it all the time with the guys getting blown up in batting practice. And it kind of gave me some confidence of like, somebody's always going to throw harder than you unless you're a fellow Knoxville native, Ben Joyce, and then you're just an absolute freak. Um, but he, uh, he was telling me that he was telling me, you know, when you find out what kind of pitcher you are, you understand it. And that helped me because yeah, I can throw a little bit harder now, but if I'm hiding the ball well and guys are telling me my ball's heavy, it gives you a little bit more of a boost to kind of just attack hitters with your fastball. And then in the backside of it, if they're kind of cheating for that fastball, throw that splitter in there. And it just started becoming really fun. Like I was just dying every day. I mean, there were some times I threw three, four days in a row, um, and I had no problem with it, um, just because it was, it was fun to me. I didn't dread it. I wasn't that guy in the bullpen sitting there going, Oh man, the, the three, four hitters coming up, man. I mean, I wish I could get, you know, the seven, eight, nine guys, give me a couple strikeouts. Like, no, it's like, what do you know? That's you want the best up there. Yeah. It's like when I was a kid, my favorite wrestler growing up was Ric Flair. And his saying was, if you want to be the man, you got to beat the man. And that's, that's how it is in baseball. Like you want to have that dude up there. That's the hot hitter, you know, and if you get beat, so what, so what, like, who cares? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I just got a couple more questions for you and I appreciate yeah. the time, but so something a little off topic, um, more of free agent style. Does it matter to a pitcher? Because in the Cardinals are talking about going after a catcher for the major mm -hmm. league roster. 
Um, does it matter really who you pitch to? Does it, I mean, obviously you're not going to be pitching to Yadier Molina and be able to go to camp with him and, and learn from him. And they have uh, Andrew Kisner and Yvonne Herrera. And then there's all kinds of rumors circulating of who might be the next guy in that they plan mm-hmm. to use. Does that really matter to a pitcher or or is that kind of just something that we've, we've all made up? No, it does. Uh, having that Having that relationship with a guy of a look, you know, we had a great catcher this past year in Evansville. He ended up getting hurt. Um, me and him had a great connection, Dakota Phillips, but also had a great connection with Justin Felix. So it didn't really matter to me which one was up there, but it just matters if you have a good relationship with them. You don't even have to have a great relationship with them off the field. And I don't mean that as in there's bad blood. I just mean that as in you don't really have to know the guy that well. You know, there could be, there, I mean, some guys I've thrown to don't even speak English, you know, it, but we have a great, baseball connection mentally. So with Justin Felix, with me and him, especially we could kind of give each other a little bit of a look, like kind of like, like that. And he would know what I meant by it. And I can give him the same look, but mean something different. And he would know what I mean by that. Like it was, it was weird. And Dakota was the same way. I could, I could kind of look at him and uh, just have that feel for what we want. And you have to understand who your catcher is because like you're saying, like, is there a preference? Yeah. Because there's some catchers um, I've thrown to in the past who were head cases and they get upset if you shake them off, like, Oh, this guy, you know, the whole bull Durham thing, sure. you know, yeah. uh, he wants to throw his fastball. And so, uh, yeah, I think it does have something to do with it, but at the same time, just throw the mitt. The, don't look at home plate. Don't look at the hitter. Home plate's not for us. Like in, in the off season, I don't, I don't even use a home plate. I have a thing that blocks it from me because it, it helped me so much. And if you want to talk about like my, my control, that's where it came from was if I'm throwing a fastball down the middle, okay, why can I throw that six inches this way or six inches that way? Because when we're playing catch every day, you think we're throwing in a straight line every single day? No, absolutely not. So with me, it was kind of that simplicity of I'm just throwing a fastball down the middle wherever he wants to set up, he can set up. But my view is just that mitt. The home plate is for the catcher, hitter, and umpire. It's not for us pitchers. Well, if I could have any advice for you to be able to make the team would be don't walk the guys with the bases loaded. The Cardinals in 2021 broke the record for the most walks ever in the history of baseball. Don't walk bases loaded. Okay, thank you. Because because the Cardinals will not bring you up because they were tired of seeing that in 2021. Because literally... The, the record was like from 1920s or 1910s, and the Cardinals broke that record in, in 2021. So don't do that, and you should be fine. That's about Still as made it to the playoffs, get. though. They did. Well, it's the Cardinals. That's what we expect every single year to make the playoffs, right? Well, that's, um, good. So, uh, that's one thing I love about the Cardinals, too, is they, they have that expectation, and their yeah. fans let them know that, and I love it. Yeah, I mean, you don't get that opportunity. Uh, we had uh, one of the writers um, from The Athletic on uh, last week's show, Katie Wu, mm-hmm. and, and she talked about, you know, that's one of the reasons why Nolan Arenado didn't opt out was because that expectation is, is in St. Louis, and it's not everywhere. Um, you can't right. expect to make the playoffs, you know, nine out of ten years, and yeah. that's, what they, that's what you can expect in St. Louis. Not, not yeah. Cincinnati. That doesn't happen too often. <laughs> All right, let me just keep my mouth shut because yeah. you're right. <laughs> let me just ask, or you, know, or you could get no hit in the playoffs like the Reds. But anyways, um, let me ask you about so like your. Story, it was great talking to you, man. Yeah, <laughs> your okay. story has, um, you know, is is movie quality, right? It's like something that, you know, you talk about like Kurt Warner was bagging groceries, right, and then became uh, a Super Bowl MVP, right? So that sort of thing. Right. So do you have like do you? Like, do you foreshadow that in your head of like, this is where I am today. I'm working on HVAC systems and I'm, I'm, I'm doing this hard stuff now so I can be able to, you know, make my dreams come true. I mean, you're 29 years old. The, the dreams mm. are running out unless you make it happen soon. Right. Like, is this right, like, yeah. is this like where you're, you know, where your head's at is trying to, to make that happen? Yeah. I mean, that's a valid question, obviously. Um, yeah. I- Honestly, it, it'll, the reason I'm still doing it is because it keeps me grounded, you know, to kind of be out there. Like today we were working up at a high school because they were out of school and we had to get a crane and set up four units up on the roof and it was freezing cold up there and it sucks. But at the same time, you appreciate those moments because, you know, when it's in season and 
things aren't going my way or something like that, you can look back and be like, you know, could be worse. I mean, it's not the worst job in the world, obviously, but, um, it keeps me grounded. It keeps me humble. Um, and people need help. They need help at that, um, that company. It's my, uh, it's my wife's grandfather. He was recently in the hospital. Last week was great because, uh, I signed Thursday and he had spent the past 10 weeks in the hospital in the ICU and he came out, uh, last Friday. So it was a great week, but, uh, that's his company. They needed help. And so that's kind of why I, I stepped in and did that versus being at the baseball facility, doing lessons and things like that. Um, but back to the opportunity. Yeah. I mean, time could be running out or my clock just started. I mean, my last two years have been the best years of my career and this year was better than the last. I feel younger than ever. And I credit that all to my wife. Um, but yeah, I mean, who knows? I mean, this next season could be it, or it could be the beginning of a long career. I mean, you see it now and I almost want to keep doing it because I've had teams tell me I'm old, you know? So I kind of want to keep playing just to spite them. And, uh, yeah, Absolutely. exactly. Yeah. yeah. But no, it's, uh, yeah, hope, hopefully it's just beginning. And I would love to continue that in St. Louis. Cause I mean, like you said, is that something I see foreshadowing last year? I was in gateway, uh, playing the Grizzlies and my hotel room at the casino faced the arch. And I was sitting there and I saw Bush stadium and I was like, you know, this is so funny. Like I'm sitting here in Indy bar right now looking out at their stadium. And wouldn't that be something if next year I was playing there, not even saying for the Cardinals, just playing there maybe on another team and to have the opportunity to possibly make that a reality this upcoming season. It's something special. And I really believe God put me in this position for a reason. And everybody kind of, doing these interviews and podcasts and stuff, they keep saying that, you know, they love my story. They love my story. And that's great. Like I have no problem telling my story and it's nothing to be at all the center of attention to be like, yeah, look at my story. But it's honestly to give others hope for those guys in indie ball that are struggling or a guy that like, I can't tell you how many guys on Twitter have messaged me telling me, Hey man, like I really appreciate your story and you keep going because you know I just got cut and this and that. And I don't know if I want to keep playing baseball and I want to keep playing baseball because I see that you can turn it around and that to me is everything. You know, being able to give guys hope because I I didn't feel like I had hope uh, there for a minute and if that's me just giving an inkling of hope to somebody, then that's that's what it's worth. Awesome, I really yeah. appreciate you joining us. Um, we're all going to yeah. be rooting for you. We're hoping you're going to make. I appreciate team. it. We're hoping you're going to make a major team, and then we'll see it on the mound in, in Bush Stadium, so you can be able to play in front of the best fans in baseball. So we're 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 all rooting for you. I'm looking forward to it.